Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for listening to She Podcast. This is Jessica Kupferman. I am here with my very tall, slim friend, Elsie Escobar. Oh, oh my God. And our very tall... Slightly slim friend, John McKenna. When Elsie and I stand next to each other, we look like the number 10. So that's a funny joke. And and oh I'll tell God. you why. Because we just got our headshots done at Podcast yes. Movement. And although I feel confident in the way I look in these pictures, I was telling her, there are certain ones where she's hugging me. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a pencil in a, in a, bowl of fluff come on let's let's just say what it is it's like you have a prey mantis on your back my arm is three <laughs> times the size of her arm and then when we stand next to each other my width is literally three times the size of her width like let's not even talk about like a boob comparison or even a face comparison but like her her like elbow to elbow width is like one third of mine <laughs> and and i feel confident until i see that and then i'm like damn and i mean part of me is like damn i'm fat and the other part of me is like damn she's skinny <laughs> like i yeah. can't even win i <laughs> i was just telling you that i'm undernourished i totally am i 100 well you're not wrong i yeah i know i'm totally undernourished i can't say that i'm like super hot like scary skinny because i'm not scary skinny no you're not but i am and i'm not scary fat. i'm not circus fat i don't think <laughs> I'm right. circus fat. Scary. You're not circus, circus fat, fat either. No, I don't you're know what circus, circus fat, fat either. is. You're then. just, you're tall. Circus fat is like can't fit through the door. I've seen you fit through doors. Okay. You're not oh circus fat. A couple cheeseburgers away. You are injured, so that makes you feel circus fat, but you're actually not. Okay. You just, because you're less mobile, you probably feel like, oh my God. But like, here, I pulled up my screen so that I could show John just so that we can have his audio reaction to some of it. Um, where's the one of us hugging? And Scott was like, wow, she's skinny. And I was like, just say my arm looks fat, you jerk. I don't even care. There they are. Like, like there's one. <laughs> it's there's not that, one. It's not that it's not This bad. one's not that bad. The worst ones are down here. Hold on. Then oh, there's no. like. Oh. You guys make a cute couple. Yeah, this one. Okay. That's not the most <laughs> flattering pose. Her, uh, her wrist is on my, like, up my bicep. And it's like if she's not careful, quicksand of the quicksand <laughs> mush of my arm will just swallow her bony little wrist. It looks right like up. she has her hand on your thigh. And then here we are standing next to each other, John. Look, yeah, it's it's like one inch, four inches. <laughs> They're nice I pictures, know. though. They look really. They good. look, don't they look nice though? Yes, they, they do. do we look, look nice. really they cute. And nice again, pictures. I'm not. I don't mind being Jack Spratt and his wife. Like I don't care. It's just that and I've never cared before. I mean, certainly not long enough to have a diet or do anything about it, clearly. So it's just that every time it happens, I'm just like, yep, there we are. 
There we are. But we had a lot of great, I mean, speaking of podcasts, because we are, we have a lot of really good pictures. I mean, there a lot of the shots are very. They're beautiful. They're very much us, too. Like, there's lots of Muppet faces from my uh, end. I think I'm going to get my assistant to um, crop all your faces into squares <laughs> and make a weird little grid. Yeah. Oh, I should show John the faces. Wait, hold on. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I should. Oh, Jessica was saying, like, yes, you are a Muppet. You really are a Muppet because my face is, is very like animated. Proof. Did I tell you guys the story of when I... Do you remember the song by Santana, Maria, 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 Maria? Maria. You remind me of a bedtime story. Okay, yeah. So I auditioned for that video. That that was like I went down to to that video where it's the girl that's that dances in there, right? So the call was essentially somebody that fit my demo, right? That looked the way that I looked and danced salsa, which is totally me. Like I love to do that. So anyway, I go. I've never seen you dance. Well, I know, but I, that's what I do. So I Just love salsa face, dancing. John. Salsa dancing is amazing. Yeah, it is. Okay, now you're going to have to stop so I can finish telling a story and stop showing him the pictures just a second, Jess. Just you know, second. Jess, okay. can't okay. stop, won't stop. I know. So we have to stop so I can finish the story because it'll go right with this. So I'm sitting there and I look, uh, this time I was younger, uh, much younger in my late 20s. And I looked, I was a little fuller, so I had a lot more curves. And I was very, very fit. Like my body was like my muscles. So anyway, all to say that I looked, I feel at that time, very vibrant and energetic and good looking. So I go in and I know how to dance. So I know how to do these things. I know how to move. And I started to do it. And I go off, right? And then they're looking at me and then they go, can you do exactly what you're doing, but don't make those faces? Okay, okay, now let's go. Ready? So, yeah, I was just extra I totally animated. See, like, that's a good like, one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at that one. Like, <laughs> so, in every single one, it's like confusion, surprise, <laughs> delight, hilarity. <laughs> what? So, wait, yes. And and the face that... that this like... <laughs> one is by far one of my favorites. Like, this one, she's looking at the camera like a deer that's about to be run over. Just plain old run over. And then she sees the camera and goes, hey! And the next one... <laughs> and then you can see that I'm losing my patience with her in the next one. Because she's still doing hey in the camera. And I'm looking at the camera like, help us. Help us. But nobody can um, see any of this, so it's not... I know, I know, I know. They will, though. There's more, like, these are funny, too. Like, and some of these, like, my face, like, like look at my face in that one. <laughs> it looks like I, oh, actually, someone suggested it looks like that my elbow is in her lap, like, my hand's yeah. in her lap. It looks like, like you're, I'm, like, pinching her. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. Like, her face starts to get funny here, too. Yeah, that's the scary, that's the this scary. This is, like, Elsie's scared. <laughs> I know, I have a big mouth. What is happening with her face in every single one? In every single one. It's a whole new look. Yeah. It's a whole new emotion. This is, this is, Elsie, this should be your acting media kit. Because in every single one, you're like, (laughs) like in this one, you're like Biff the truck driver. And then in this one, you're like a victim of a, of a toilet crime. And then in this one, you look like you're... I don't know, scared of what's on your plate. And then in this one, you look happy to be alive. And then in this one, you're thinking. And then in this one, you're laughing. And then in this one, you're talking. And it's like, 
She's different in every one. And they were seconds apart, John. Seconds <laughs> apart. That's the weirdest part is that she's going. Well, she's very she's very animated, physically animated. Yes. Yes. I can't wait for the for the lips in ones because we had. So here's what I felt. So she's taking pictures of us all in a row. Right. Everybody's in a row. We're all in a row looking at the camera. I am changing because I change with every shot. All of the guys are like this. <laughs> All stoic. Stoic looking at the camera and with a smile. Guess. Like Elsie's like, what? Yeah, I'm like, you know, turning my head and moving forward and putting my head down and flipping my hair and like smiling. Oh like, my you Lord. know, that I have all the looks because you don't know what looks going to look good. But they're Elsie's all like this. on a model photo shoot every time. That's yeah. Why. And then like everybody else is like this. Like the guy, I'm telling you, the guys never move. They just went like this. Yeah, it's because we don't know what to do because we don't do that. We don't put our hand on our hip. We don't stand to the side. In, we don't. in our first headshots we took, we got them like that day or the next day. We were in Dallas, I think. We were yeah. somewhere warm. We were in Texas. It was, okay, we were in, in Texas. Texas. And I, I got the photo shoot pictures. We were on the bus on the way to the party. And she and I were sitting on like a bus seat. Oh, my God. That's right. We're going to the party. We were laughing crying. Because Elsie's face was mostly that of Hispanic model. It was like empty eyes looking off in the distance and like she like smile that looked like someone had like bob ross had painted it on her face like pretty little trees like she looked she did not look like they they she looked vacant is what she looked (laughs) and it was hilarious it was hilarious i don't know why she had her hand on her hip like she had her arms sticking out and i was like what catalog is this for? What are you doing right now? Like we were crying laughing. Like her her pictures are never not funny. They are. Yeah, they're always a yeah. And, and you get lots of variety. But That's whatever. the thing with a photo shoot though is she has to take 300 pictures for you to have 10. That's just how it works. Like they're not Sure, yeah. That makes they're sense. They're never yeah. all going to be good. So, anyway, I have a little folder of acceptable usage ones for us for our website and stuff. Anyway, um, okay, so if you want, we can keep talking about podcast movement and what we thought. Let's continue the recap because that's why we didn't have a show last week was because we were at podcast movement. We were moving around doing all the things. And uh, Jessica, I'd love to hear because you told me that you wanted kind of to talk about Dan's recap. Dan, you know, oh, Dan yeah. from podcast movement. Well, I don't necessarily have to talk about Dan's recap. I just thought it was interesting in the sense that I'm planning what he's doing. And so... You know, if I'm like four or five years behind him, Ed was asking him questions like, are you happy with it? You know, and he says, yes, this is the most positive energy we've ever had. I would agree with that. I think yeah. this year is the first time I actually felt like they worked really, really hard to have equality and diversity on the stages. And mm-hmm. I was really happy. to see. And I, and, and that's the general consistency. Consen- yeah, consensus. Like consistent. Yeah. yeah, consensus. Thank you. And then he said, you know, what have you heard people enjoyed most? This year, the expo hall was bigger and better. The breaks in between were longer, more time for Q&A with speakers, hanging out with one another, connections being made. Like, you know, it's funny. I've been talking about doing our event all year. And these are some of the reasons why we started to do our event is because we needed breaks in between sessions to be longer. We needed it to be a little less rushed, a little more social. And it feels like they took must have taken that feedback from years prior and implemented it this year. If they could change one thing, he says... It becomes difficult to effectively communicate everything that's going on when, where, and it's happening. And so they put more focus on the mobile app, which is exactly what I'm trying to do with our event because I have been touting all year that it's not going to be so stuffed that you can't breathe and feel overwhelmed. But that said, it is getting 
stuffed. Right. And, and there's no one email that can tell you everything that's happening. So aside from communicating all that stuff via email, I do think the mobile app is a great way to go. We're using a um, service called Whova and we've already announced that people are already uploading photos and saying hi to one another and planning meetups. <clears throat> and it's like six weeks away. Wow. So yeah, that is really important. The mobile app. And he, and then he was asked how hard is, how hard is it to keep it intimate? Because, you know, you're having to find bigger and bigger facilities. And he agrees with that, wants everything to be under one roof. As they grow, there's fewer venues. And so they just want to keep the vibe intimate. But I don't know if they can even... Does it feel intimate to you? How many attendees do no. you think were there? Do you have 3,000. 3,000? Yeah. Really? That's a lot. That's a... Next year, they, they think they're going to double. Really? 6,000 mm-hmm. podcasters there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot. 400 feels like a lot. So, like, can you keep an intimate vibe when it's 3,000, 4,000, 6,000 people? Like, I I don't know that I would necessarily feel like it was intimate. I don't know that a big show has to feel intimate. I would like for it to feel connected. And I do think they did a good job of that. I think that that's really the key. And one of the things that I really dug, and I think maybe if we could have, if they could have done better, would have been to be able to let people know where there were spaces for them to connect when things weren't going on. Because let's say there were a couple of impromptu meetups that uh, were created. And the only way that they were successful was because once we were there, do you know how loud it was in those restaurants? Like even just sitting there, it was so loud. It was so loud. You could not hear the person next to you in any of the restaurants. So there was a one meetup specifically that was scheduled to be in one of those restaurants. And then it was completely changed to go all the way down the hallway. Like when, when podcast movement was essentially in quote closed, like those hallways, like all the way down the, 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 just because there were some couches at the end of the hall. And that's where we stood and everybody was able to talk to each other. There was no drinks. There was no, like that. It wasn't about drinking or eating. It was about connection and things like that. Like I had another woman who I did a podcast interview with and she was like, where are we going to go? And I go, I don't know. She said, why don't you come to my room? And then she found another room that was available upstairs. And so I went to the upstairs area right above the show floor and she had a table set up and she had water set up and she had her setup set up. And we were able to record a very intimate podcast interview there and just close the door, and put a sign recording happening. And then I noticed that there was a bunch of doors that had recording happening there. So I think things like that would have been great to be able to say to somebody, let's go meet because there's so many meetings happening all the time. You need to find a place to go to meet people that is like, this is a great place. But you really, I mean, we wouldn't know that, Jess. We wouldn't be able to go to the hotel and go, oh, this is a great, we would go, this is a great restaurant. We wouldn't say, wow, it's really loud in here because nobody's in there when you're going, right? Right. That's right. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I just thought his comments were really interesting. He also talked a little bit about evolution. So they announced that they're going to do a second LA show in February which sounds like it's all about the industry. If you're an industry professional, full-time, it says if you're an industry professional, full-time podcaster, or hobbyist, it's important to know what's happening in the space around you. That's where Evolutions comes in. But it sounds like it's going to completely focus on the industry. So it yeah. sounds like they're separating that out a little bit, which I thought was very interesting because I think one thing people do comment on for better or worse with podcast movement is that a lot of it is about like the corporate and the industry. Like there's a lot of people there from 
Spotify and NPR and, and Gimlet, well, what used to be Gimlet, et cetera. And, um, you know, maybe it interferes or counteracts what they're trying to do or what independents are trying to learn. So I wonder if they're trying to split that out. Like, what does that mean for the content in August? I don't know. August is going to be in Dallas. Anyway, it's worth checking out. And you can go to podcastmovement.com to see all the latest stuff that's happening there. If you guys are curious, I don't know if you have any more comments about that. I've only been to one podcast movement, but I know now that when I go to the second one, which I am going to, I'm going to the one in Dallas, that I will definitely have a plan on what I want to do. So Mm, you have to have have a plan. You just can't go in there and say, oh, well, you know, you have to have a plan. Like, I definitely want to get into see all the vendor stuff. You know, I'll take a look at the speakers and pick and choose what I want to do. But a lot of the other things I want to do is I want to go down there and network and hang with people that I only see through a screen. That's what I want to do. So you should have a plan. If you're going down there for a certain, whatever is most specifically important to you, try to plan out to do that. Make sure you get that done. And then I think the the most, well, for me, the most important part of it is the networking. Yeah. It, so that brings me to my experience at this podcast movement was like, normally that's my, like I skip the keynotes and the stuff in the morning and I take the nighttime parts very, very seriously and I go out and I have fun and I network with people. And this year I was up at 6, 7 a.m. I was done by like 6.30. I was back in my hotel room by like 8 after I would have like a quick dinner, if that. And I felt a little... FOMO and seeing people's pictures. I don't know how you do it, Elsie. Like, she's like done by 530. She's nowhere to be found. But like, I am not used to that. But I felt like there was something in my head telling me that if I went out at night and drank, that I was self-sabotaging what I was there for, which was to be fresh during the day and talk about the event and get sponsors. And to that end, I did end up landing a ton of sponsors and I have a ton of contracts to put out this week. But I don't know that I met enough of the people. I don't know if I got to hang out with enough of the people so that they could go and be like, oh, you got to go see Jess. She's doing this show. Like I wasn't there to be social and I wasn't social and that may have hurt me in some way as far as being able to sell our event as an experience. I guess what I'm saying is I expected tickets to like fly off and instead sponsorships are happening, but my ticket sales are going much slower. And Chris says that's normal because a hundred tickets doesn't happen all in one day. 150 tickets happens like it trickles in because if it didn't, you'd have a slew and then you'd be sold out in one second. But like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to people signing up like this. So when two, three, five, ten come in a day, I'm like, where did I go wrong? Even though I, I think you need to be patient because it's it's not Who, me. Yes, Who, yeah, me? yeah, you. <laughs> I know it's not one of your virtues. Certainly not. So yeah, so I mean, you're right. I should be patient, but I also feel like I learned that I'm not an all or nothing. Like I can't just be social or just be. I don't know. I'm like learning how to adult at a conference. Right. I've never. Right. I go away and I'm immediately not an adult. I drink. I hang around. I fool around. I joke with people. I shake hands. I, you know, I do roasts. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't sell normally. And so it was weird for me. But I don't know. But I also felt like I needed to see if I could just be an adult one whole week. And I did it. And it was good. (laughs) Look at you. Oh, my God. Look at you. You grow. You, You grew up. It is really tiring. I have done the other thing, too, where it's like I will go. I have gone out. I can't say that I have gotten really drunk at a conference where I feel like not really drunk, but, you know, where I can go like that. I'm a little tipsy. You know what I mean? Like I haven't I think that hasn't happened. 
And part of it is because of exactly what you're talking about, the morning aspect of it. And what tends to happen when I go back into the room, it's not that I'm sitting there like getting all zen. I go back to the room and then I catch up on all of the things yeah, that I haven't I done during the day. Yeah, exactly. And yep. then I have to plan for the next things that have to be done before I get on the floor. Because I always thinking like, oh, my gosh, once I get on the floor, I'll get on the computer and do whatever. That is a bunch of crap. It is once I'm on the it floor, is. I never stop talking. I have to go here. I have to go there. I met somebody. I talked to those people. I go all the places. I'm running around. There is no other point, you know? Yeah, I think the thing is that you and Jess this year are working. You're working yeah. the mm-hmm. the event. You're working for Lipson. You're working for She Podcast Live. But for me, I would be going there just to go to the event and experience the event. So I would not be working. So I could do more of those things and not have the, the same kind of pressures. It's more for me. It's more of a vacation. For you, it's a working, not vacation. A work. Yes, it's more yeah. work. It's all work for you. Yes. I think it also would have been different, Jess, if I were working for She Podcasts. Like it would have been a different well, that's true. way in which we could have dealt with things. Like I know that you needed more help at the booth. I know that we now have eight people at the booth because of that, yeah. because of what you were talking about. Yeah. And given the amount of time I was on three separate panels, which was a lot. Like, I didn't really ask for, for that. I am grateful for it, for sure. But that what, what that took in terms of my brain took up a lot of time. So even if I would have been at the She Podcast table, um, on the Thursday of my panel, I didn't come down till till right before my panel. I was preparing the entire time. You had a lot of panels this time, which you yeah. don't normally. No, I don't. It was a lot. I was a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's just a whole different experience than somebody that's going to go to an event just to go to the event that doesn't it's not going to work the event. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. But given that even then, I really this was possibly the most social time that I've had. Even if yeah. I didn't attend any parties, I was really? the most social here. Yes. Why? And is I met I've been so many more you? people. I'm sorry, what? Why do you think that is? It's cuz is it cuz I've been blasting you or because you just feel social this time? No, because I had because I had to, kind of for my, my new show, like the Sobre Podcasting show. Like, I really went right. out of my way to meet all of the Spanish-speaking podcasters. I went to meetups. So I didn't attend parties, but I attended meetups. Like, on, a, on that Wednesday, I was on from 8 to 8.30. Like, I didn't get into the room till about 9 o'clock. Because it was like, one meetup, I have to go to dinner. Another meetup, I have to, you know. And all of that time was about talking. And I really enjoyed meeting all these people. I was exhausted, but I really would not have done it any other way. I think that that was worth the pricing of, of admission just to to attend those meetups and be in those rooms. So in that respect, Jess, when you were talking about intimacy, being able to really provide the space to have these smaller intimate meetups is gold for a conference. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is. Like, even though the Spanish speaking podcasters got together uh, and it was about, I would say, 20 to 25 in mm. one room and then one space. And it was amazing. And again, no food, no drink like that had nothing to do with how much fun we had. It really was just being together and being able to talk to each other in Spanish and getting to know our shows. And it was like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. So you can't get that. People are from all over the world. We're there all over the world. You, you're, I'm not, we're not going to get that experience anywhere else, really. True. So, so that was really, really great. 
Yeah, for sure. so true. So this week in the group, there was, in fact, a comment about dude bro energy at podcast movement that if nothing else, being a podcast movement has solidified for them the need for a she podcast conference. And while I agree that there's a need for it, that wasn't exactly the reason why it wasn't the dude energy, the dude bro energy that doesn't bother me. Dudes do not bother me and bros do not bother me and dude bros do not bother me. I, I got to know what dude bro energy is. Could you explain it or give me an example of? I think it's like super fit, hair gelled alpha males with lots of opinions and big mouths. And yeah. together that slap each other on the back. Like it's like. A lot of guys don't like that either. But I, OK, so I'm with right. you. OK. Yeah. But but and again, and John, let me just clarify this, too. Usually that the, those dudes are the again, they're the alpha males that have that larger energy they have the larger platforms and they generally are always and have always been the one people listen to and then you get them all together at the same in the same room and then they overrun stuff yeah they're like trying to outdo each other they're trying to outbro well, each they're other. just trying to be the alpha in the entire room not right. even necessarily you know with each other right. so if i can give you room. if i could give the ladies some advice from you know, because I deal with this a lot as being a, a a guy and having to deal with the same thing, is what you do. What I do with it is I just ignore it. I just go, look at that. there he is. Look at him. Look at him go. <laughs> right. And, and I just ignore what he's doing. I don't get in. I don't. Well, yeah. I, that's how I deal with it too. No, I I understand. But so continue. So but you're an alpha you, male in your own right, John. So <sighs> it's a little different than women who are yeah. frankly fed up with being. Right. Around it altogether. It's not like, even about, yeah, it's not even about being overrun. They're just, there's distaste in even seeing it, I think. Mm-hmm. And and just the fact that it exists, which is kind of unfortunate. I also had a couple sponsors and networks comment to me after if, you know, I've never felt more confident in my decision to sponsor you than I do right now. Not that they won't sponsor PM again, but just how excited they are to have something different and women run. But that's neither here nor there. Um, there was an instance where once this conversation got started in our group, a panel came up where a young, a young lad, I guess he's like, he's probably mid thirties or older, was moderating a panel with all women on it. And people were upset that he was cutting off panelists. Apparently he called them gals. He did a couple of stupid things, and and that was one of them. He called them gals. He kept cutting them off. This person is a friend of mine and asked. And so there was one particular panelist that was really pissy about it and apparently told everyone at the party that night what a douche knocker he is. (laughs) So um, I wasn't there, so I didn't see the panel. Did you happen to see the panel? You probably didn't. And so I... You know, I'm glad that this person that he reached out to me because I would have never known how to comment in the group. But he was just like, I I had no idea that I was doing this. Is this person someone who's normally salacious? And I was like, "Uh, no, but, you know, I know you and he's not necessarily a dude. He may he may play one on TV, but like he doesn't in the inside is not necessarily like that. However, he is very smart, very fast talking very enthusiastic and passionate and i think that coupled with i already treat women equally so i have nothing to worry about is like not a good combination where you're the only moderator of a panel full of women and so i was like i don't think you did this maliciously but i'm not going to excuse you because i didn't even know about the gals part 
I said, I'm not even going I'm, to, I'm, I can't excuse you because if you are cutting off a panelist and it's a panel full of women, not just one woman on a panel. Was the lady, okay, was the lady that was cut off, was she a little windy? Was she a little, was no, she going on and on? what he said she was doing was explaining, she was talking about terms that the audience wasn't understanding and he was making an effort to explain those terms to the audience so that she could continue her thought. Okay. But she would say, she would use jargon and he would say, for those who don't know, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then women would be like, he's mansplaining. Uh, but in his head, he, he was, was trying to explain to the, yeah, yes. he was clarifying. Okay. Okay. So, and I know, and I mean, I know this whole, I knew, simply because I know this guy, I knew that's what was happening. And so I said to him, like. Could ladies be a little sensitive? Yes, but also okay. this no. isn't this is no. our environment. That's so right. I said if you're going to no. be a moderator, you exactly. have to say things like I don't mean to interrupt you, but or oh. just so you guys know, or he just fucking cut her off <laughs> because in his head, I'm not sexist, so I can do and say whatever I want. It does not work that way. Because yeah, we don't we don't think about speak, that. We don't think right. that way. You still have to speak in a considerate and respectful manner. Oh, that's exhausting. Or they will come after you with knives. So right. Okay. So and so, so as a guy. So I said this in the group. Right. Wait. So okay. I said this in the group and I was like, this person, listen, I know that they did this or that, but I don't think it was intentional and I'm pretty sure they've learned their lesson and, you know, just don't you know, he's also a very prominent podcaster and I think there's more of like shame on him because he's so big. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into people coming after him at this point. He's very popular. He's young. He's a dude. He's white. You know, he makes a lot of money in podcasting. And I just feel like it was just a perfect storm of stupidity. And so when I said that, the person, the the angriest panelist, who's also a friend, wrote me an email and said, he was the most dismissive with me. He called us gals, and I was like, "Well, now he's just an idiot." So then I how should him you? Again. What I'm would like, you just like, again? What would you try to? So then I texted him again, and I was like, "You you said gals, ladies." He was like, he was what like, would what? you use? People. Like, oh, he was proud people. of this fact, hey, though. Listen folks? to me. He was yeah, proud. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, I didn't say ladies. I didn't say girls. I said gals." I'm like, "So you're a 70 year old golfer referring to his army of secretaries, my gals." I was like, that's gross. Don't do that. And he was like, oh, my God, I never even thought of it that way. I'm like, why say it at all? Would a woman moderator get up there and be like, all right, men, guys, let's get to you don't it. think they would say guys? Yo, guys. Even, would he, even guys. if he would have said guys, sure. it would have been and, better and we than I would say guys yeah, altogether guys. for guys and women. But what I'm saying is like, and, and, and I know, John, you're thinking of all the stuff, but it's like even for me, when I was moderating the panel that I did for the state of podcasting and I had a very diverse group of people. I, I don't know what his process was, Jess, in terms of getting ready for this panel. I don't know what that process was. I spoke with every single person. I got a, I got a vibe. They had, pre from oh, them. That's, he also said that they had pre-discussed what topics and the person he cut off was straying. Yeah. But what I'm saying is to get a vibe from them one-on-one, -on -one, not not in a group because I had a group meeting with one of the panels and I think the group meeting is great to be efficient, but I have found one-on-one -on -one conversations with people before getting on a panel is really important because you do get a sense of who everybody is and, and who is going to be your person who is really fired up. Because for me, it's like I wanted to let everybody know these are the personalities of everything that's happening here. This is what we're going to stay on track with. You moderate in that way. But again, in terms of like male or female, Part of what I feel is super necessary now is not to call attention. Oh, my God, look, it's an all-woman panel. 
right. but to really just have it be people. Here, here we are. Here's a, a group of panelists. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. Because the problem here is that we're still highlighting that. And the again, with when you start to say things like gals, when you start to say things like the ladies, then it kind of like brings a... Yeah, and it just sounds like you think it's cute. Yeah, and it's, it's just not like, no, cute. these are just the people. See, now, Mind right. you, from the male perspective, I think it's trying to be friendly. Oh, I could have no. been this guy. I could have done right. the exact same thing. Exactly. That's why we're talking now, about Now, what yes. I want you guys to do, if you have a chance, and I'm not sure if anybody who's possibly listening here has um, access to the, what is it, the podcast movement, um, you know, the, the ticket, the virtual ticket, if you do. I would love it if you guys go to the panel for uh, the uh, Women of Color podcast. Not podcast. What am I saying? Panel. Because the moderator for that panel was amazing. Was incredibly respectful. Highly tactful. Super aware of all the things. And I, you know, hats to her because that was amazing. It is really hard to moderate. So, and that was woman to woman so that you, even as a woman, you don't just sit there and go like, okay, I, uh, uh, yeah. be quiet. You know, you don't do that. You just, you find a way to be able to tactfully move out of these things. And <clears throat> the ability to, to do that is really hard. Now, when you add all the layers that you were talking about, Jess, Unfortunately, at this time, we are all learning, and part of it is for us to really look at it from that perspective. Like, what is the lens that we are going to put ourselves out with? And it's not a negative thing. It really is more expansive. Like, and I'm bringing it now personally to what's happening here at my home with my 10-year-old and all of the conversations that we're having about growing up and puberty and sexuality and all of these terms like gay, lesbian, pansexual. That I didn't even, you know, transgender, gender neutral, like all of these things now that I am with her. We are reading books. We are talking about these things. Ha! I didn't. I didn't. I mean, where did you, any of you guys have these conversations with your parents? I mean, about all of this, right? All of this nuance and the difference between bisexual and pansexual and what that nuance is and what the thing. I mean, what? My kids had talks with me. Right. Well, so, but what I'm saying is, like, I can't just say, like, wow, that's just, I didn't know anything about that. You know, like, I have to go in it and I have to, and we have to talk about she and he and they and why that's appropriate and when it's appropriate. And so that she doesn't get, put her foot in her mouth by, by in whatever reason, she needs to know so that she can then make an appropriate choice. Um, so anyway, I, and so in that respect, I feel that we do have to be, we have to touch things a little bit. We have to think a little bit farther, two steps ahead, seeing the, the totality of this. If that's, that's what it is, it's seeing what that impact it is of the words that we're using and how we're behaving. Not to stop us, but to make us better. Note to self, John, don't moderate any panels. <laughs> no, I feel bad for this guy because yeah. I know he's a passionate and excited and enthusiastic podcaster. I know he's very successful. And as a result, it probably makes him look arrogant, especially because he's brilliant um, and fast talking and abrupt and all those things. So well, I just felt like, he, you know, and he's also been through a lot. So I was kind of like, look, I mean, 
your career is not over. No one can ruin your career. It was, it sounds silly. Next time you moderate a panel, just do it this way and make sure you're conscious of the fact that you're leading a group of women and do it in a way that's respectful and doesn't call out to their gender in any way. Unless you're talking about menstruation, then do it. Otherwise, Uh. don't do it. But for the, you know, but I know, but also he's reached out to every single one of them. He's apologized and said how sorry he was. Like he would never intentionally do anything like this. And so I don't want, I don't want it to seem like if I'm sticking up for this person now or in the group that I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to be overly optimistic or letting people off the hook. What I'm saying is that like people are very rarely hateful and stupid and, dismissive on purpose it happens i am all those things but not on purpose never on purpose right, right. and you also know? he's trying to do a job up there and if somebody gets a little chatty and starts going off topic he does have to steer the conversation back and then sometimes feelings yes. get hurt he was trying to do a good right. job exactly yeah, exactly also also look at this person in context like this person's entire life is run by his wife right <laughs> he can't he right. can't tie his shoes without asking her if he's got time so totally. like no i yeah and 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 just to close out just a little bit of this stuff, just to make sure you guys, when I was mentioning my panel, it, the moderator, her name is Tangia Renee Estrada. I just, I never mentioned her name. Ooh, that's a and name. she is the creator of That's What She Did podcast. And she is, of course, she's a m- member of the She Podcast group. Um, she also has another podcast called The Skin You're In. But the name of the panel was called Disrupting Spaces, How Women of Color Are Using Podcasting to Be Seen, Be Heard, and Reclaim Space, which even... And and I think that this is so fitting because even as we, as women of color, are speaking about these things, you can also see how wonderful she was at moderating this this panel of women who all have something to say, who all have possibly been in a position where somebody has shut them up at some point, right? Um, Something interesting to actually come back to, just, just to finish off here, is that when you go through these like fire burning, when somebody calls you up out about something that you did that you did not intentionally do or that you didn't recognize that you were doing, it really is an opportunity to really get in front of it and literally just say, you're right. I totally messed up. Yes. I'm and sorry. I to do that. And then yeah. like step up because like, well, like when I was saying, when I was talking about the whole, you know, women of color and kind of st- like what you were talking about, she came out as a woman of color and you made a joke about me. It's just one of those things where... Well, didn't you? Well, I have always been that, but I yes, just never but led... no one noticed until right. you said something. Exactly. And so when I said... <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like when I said something, the understanding was that I present white, which I do. I am not denying that at all. But part of it is that I never have led nor it wasn't anything that I said. And I have tried my entire life. And this is something cultural to put that away, to mix in, because that's what you're told when you're an immigrant. You have to put all that stuff away. Right. But anyway, that, all that crap was in my head. And so coming into something like this, the perception from those people who have no, not the privilege to hide in the middle of the white people, which I have been doing all my life, is that they're like, oh, she's just getting on the bandwagon. She just wants to start talking about this. And she just wants to, and who, what? What do you mean she's, she's a woman? Of, what does that even mean? So you have to step into that and really see where 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 was that disconnect? What what yeah. did I miss out on? Do I recognize my own privilege? Holy shit, I totally look like I'm a white girl. 
right? Like all that stuff. Like you have to look at it and just be like, yeah, dude, you're right. And in doing so and moving into it head first, you're able to learn so much more about yourself. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's the end on that conversation. But I've also been having this thing where on the other side of the spectrum, we are all very convinced that what we have to say is vital and that we need to shout it out the first chance we get. And as a result, even though I clearly have the entire schedule for the event up on the website, I'm getting constant like, I want to speak. I want to speak. Is there right. People who are my friends even right. who are like, I want to help. I want to speak. I can be there. Put me in, coach. And I'm like, there's no, no. <laughs> not only can I not put you in at this point, but like if you don't show up, I can't put you in next year either. Right. Because I'm going to have to and I want to pick from people who once again have skin in the game. Like you're not like there's a lot of people that are like, I just heard from you. I just heard about you this week and I'm an expert on X and therefore you should have me in the show. Well, no. If you just heard about us, we've been there for five years. There's women that have been in there showing their expertise, being very patient, waiting for their chance to have an opportunity to speak. Those are the women that are going to speak the first couple of years. Not I just heard from about you. Go in the group, mix in, interact, share your knowledge, and then you'll get an opportunity there. I mean, I I practice. I have to say, like, there's probably 10 percent, if not 25 percent of speakers are already done for next year, too. Right. Because there's people that couldn't come this year that I wanted. Right. You know, people who I asked who were too busy or or already had an engagement. I mean, I've only been planning this thing really since May. The Kickstarter was over mid-April. So it's only right. been like six months. Like what what could happen if I had a whole year? You know what I'm saying? So like I, I feel like, you know, in addition to like, yeah, we don't want to be told to shush. We don't want to be told to shut up. That doesn't exactly always mean that your message is so vital that you cut in line. Does that make sense? Like, I think people feel like they shouldn't cut in line and, and you can't. Right. I want to let people. I hate saying no. It is the bane of my existence saying no. It's like this, too, Jess. I was thinking about one of the things that I'm kind of bummed out about that I've never been able to do. And it really has been simply because of my life choices. It's not it hasn't been for any other reason is um, being able to attend work it right to go to work it, um, attend that conference maybe apply to speak at some point, but I have zero expectations from the people who are running Work It. And for those of you who don't know, Work It is another all women's, not conference, but I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a conference. It's a conference. It is. for That is slightly more towards the like corpcaster, public media. It's for women who work for a, a corporation a cor- that professional that podcast. Yeah. So like a little bit more towards that. But I haven't really stepped into that community at all. I'm part of the Work It group. I see it a lot. Once in a while, I'll comment if something comes up that's really like my lane where I feel like, oh, I I have something to offer here. There's a lot of people there that are really knowledgeable that I I don't really need to put any extra stuff in there, right? And I have zero expectations of going up to those people or anybody who's running the conference. And even if I know Carrie Hoffman, who is a big part of that conference, to be like, hey, Carrie, I want to I want to talk. I want to talk, right? I want to I want to speak. It's not my lane. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Please let us know what you think about anything we've talked about, your experience of podcast movement, why you're excited about She Podcast Live, why you're not excited, why you're not sure about it. Let us know. I think that would be really great if you guys can email 
feedback at ShePodcast.com to all of those things, excited about ShePodcast or not excited or are kind of like going like, I don't know if it's even worth my time because we need to talk about some of these conversations to really address what those hard issues are for everybody in terms of attending conferences. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find us at She Podcasts. Please check out ShePodcastsLive.com for tickets to our amazing event, which is coming up in five weeks. Holy guacamole. I can't believe it. We have lots of announcements. If you go on the About the Conference tab, which I noticed not that many people have visited, it has information on all the tracks as well as all the special opportunities. You get like headshots and storytelling workshops and opportunities to pitch for sponsors, to pitch for network, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So visit ShePodcastsLive.com. And also, if you want our one-on-one eyeballs on your stuff, your podcast stuff, you can join our Patreon super squad. Go to ShePodcast.com forward slash Patreon and sign up for the $5 level and you will get our one-on-one consulting once a week we do a facebook live and answer all of your questions thank you guys so much for listening uh thank you to john jamingo thank you to my work wife elsie escobar love you mean it Bye. <laughs>